Welcome to another episode of Monday Funday Podcast. I'm your host, Ahmed Al Qadri. And if you could speak Arabic, Ahmed Al Qadri. Guys, I have a wonderful guest with me today. Uh, he's soon father to be that we were just talking about. I'm super excited. Do two twins? Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. And then, yeah, man, he's one of the funniest people I know. He's a hardworking guy. He's just he's just legendary. We love him to death. You know him, you love him. JT Parr. What's up, my man? What's up, dude? How's it going, man? Dude, happy to have you, man. Yeah, happy to be here. Good. Yeah, man. How was uh I just saw your uh I just saw your post about going to Wisconsin. I'll yeah, Wisconsin. Appleton. I'll be there this weekend. That's Friday, awesome. Saturday. Awesome, awesome. Well, if you have okay, later I will definitely like announce your dates soon. Are you gonna be doing touring a bunch until the kid comes and then you're just gonna like just I have chill? like two more dates and then I'm off from touring for three months. Oh, that's nice. But I'll be doing like local stuff. Like I'll go to yeah. San Diego or maybe even like NorCal, like San Jose, but nothing where I'm going to be away for more than a night, basically. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's how we met, meeting each other from local shows, hanging mm-hmm. out and stuff. And um, no, I've always like loved watching you do stand up. And then your you, you, Chad and JT show at the Improv. I think it's a monthly show. Yeah. It's a great show. It's such a... Oh, that's kind. Thank like, you. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, out. it's always nice to watch. I like... If I'm in town, I like to like come in and watch. You know, I remember y'all had uh, Rick Glassman on. Yeah, he's amazing. And I remember just watching, just like laughing for... F- like the whole... From the moment he got on stage to the moment he got on. Yeah, he's dying. incredible. He's so unique, too. Yeah. He's always like... Is, uh, what I like about him, he's like always down to like try new things. He's playing around a lot up there. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it goes... It leads to a great quote that I want to talk about because the theme today is uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a quote by Gilda Radner from SNL. You know who she is, right? Sure. Yeah, I remember. She was I know the, the first female cast member, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she said, life is about not knowing, having to change, taking the moment and making the best of it without knowing what's going to happen next. Sounds like an improv quote. Yeah, that's <laughs> the right mentality to have in there. Right. You don't know what your scene partner is going to say. I had this one guy I would do scenes with Diamond Dave. He was from Jersey. He was kind of a, an idiot. And uh, I love you, Dave. And he would... Uh, <laughs> He's a huge he, fan of this podcast. He, was, <laughs> he would follow me out every scene because I was like the only guy in class he got along with. But then he would always say something like so off the wall or provocative or kind of <laughs> ugly. And then I would just have to sit there and be like, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> Like it always be, he would get in trouble in class a lot because everybody was kind of, uh, I don't know, like East Coast liberal arts college kind of people, and he was definitely not that. He was just like a blue collar Jersey dude. So his, uh, his kind of like a Chris Farley esque energy. Yeah, but without like making it work, and he would just say like <laughs> off color things that was probably hilarious at whatever job site he was at. But he would like send the class into a panic dude i've had that a lot with uh, i used to ta for improv classes at dallas comedy house and every class we had there was this one guy he, i guess he was a lawyer during the daytime same thing off-colored stuff and like he was pretty much trying to turn every scene into a stand-up set and um i was like uh we had to i had to tell him to repeat the class and and then he sends an email on the day of everyone's graduating class. It's level one, bro. But he's just like, F all y'all. I'm the funniest one here. You guys suck. I like, <laughs> like the confidence. He, he just took it so personally. And then like year and then like a year or two later, I saw him in an open mic and it was uh he he was bombing and then he like turned on the audience. It's like, Y'all don't know what's funny. It's him versus the world. <laughs> I know. Hey, it I, works out for some people. You he, stick to your guns long enough, people come around. Right, right. And that guy grew up to be Anthony Jesselnik. No, I'm just kidding. Beast. <laughs> yeah, killer, bro. No, those those type of people I like, I admire because I'm. Dave was a really nice guy, but uh, he was tough to do scenes with. It was uh, not unpredictable, but because I knew it was going to go bad. But it was, uh, I knew he was going to say something you're not supposed to. Oh, he was what was he saying? He wasn't saying slurs. He was just saying sometimes, but, but he wasn't. <laughs> no. a, but he wasn't a bad guy. It's just like how he grew up and the milieu he was in. But yeah, he would toss that stuff again and be like, "Oh fuck, man! Oh fuck!" Dude. But this was just in class, though. He was never on stage with you guys. No, but at the end of class, you do like your uh, yeah your, your showcase performance, and uh, he he came up and apologized after the show. He's like, "Dude, my girlfriend told me I totally boned you out there." And I was like, "Dave, it's okay. It's okay." I, love I like how it took his girlfriend. He had to listen to his girlfriend. Like, this is what I did wrong. Yeah, she. Expe- he was really 
he was so sweet. He was like, dude, I he was really sorry. He's like, I, I kind of screwed us up there. Oh, man. He's probably one of those guys, like, if you told him, did anyone tell him off the bat, like, during class? I was like, hey, man, you need to stop saying that. They would this. explain to him why what he said was wrong. And uh, he was always really sweet about it and, like, open. <laughs> he was the nicest person, like, interpersonally in the class. Right. Um, he would listen and he would take it all in. And then he just had like a fish brain. The next day he'd be back to uh, being Dave. Hey man, you could get the boy out of Jersey, but no, it was deep in him. It, it was, was, was real in his there. DNA. It was How long did you do improv for? Oh, years, man, years. I, I did all the UCB classes. It was fun. New York and or in LA? Started in New York and then did him out. Finished out here in LA, and then auditioned for the Herald team. I was super nervous, so I did a bunch of Adderall and had like four beers. <laughs> And then uh, I choked. I sucked. Well, yeah, because you're like, adding out. And Sometimes drunk. that would help, though. But that day <laughs> really? was twitchy on me, and I was Dude, like, uh, I'm the exact opposite. Like, I'm like, if I'm performing, I got to be dead sober. Right. And then I drown myself with all this stuff. I think that's the more professional way to do it. <laughs> that's that's the mark of a pro. Have you ever been drunk on stage? Oh, yeah, I've been everything on stage. Okay. For years, I, 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 was, I didn't think I could be good at stand-up unless I was fucked up. Oh, and really? I, I still contend those were the best sets I ever had, but they <laughs> no, might have just yeah. felt that way. Yeah, yeah, it was just in your head, definitely. I uh, Have you ever done Monty and Sam's show at the Improv Secretly Trashed? No. Highly recommend. I'm going to text them. They should have you. Yeah, please have me on. I'll so, get loaded. Yeah, so basically it's it's all the comedians are sober, but one person is secretly trashed. Oh, that's yeah. cool. But the joke of the show is they want that person to be so trashed to where, like, they're telling the audience, guess who, guess who. And then, like, as by the time the person is on stage and he's hammered. It's obvious. It's so obvious and makes it even funnier because the audience like, oh, he's clearly the drunk yeah, one. Yeah, so for those first few sets, they're, like, trying to stare into the person's eyes and suss out if they're a little twisted. But then by the time you get to the drunk person. Yeah, it's super it's obvious. all over their face. So last year, I was a secretly trash comic. It was my birthday. And, and, um... I don't really remember. I, I was like, I was like in and out, but I was drunk enough to be like, I went to Sid who was working tech and I go, Hey, um, anytime, like I, if I just say hit it, just say, uh, just play, um, give it up by Casey and the sunshine band. Amazing. So have you heard of that? No, how does it go? Give it up, give it up, baby. Give it up. I know It's a great one. I know. And <laughs> every time so uh, I had him, I got up, but Monty was telling me they were laughing because while he was introducing me, I had two drinks in my hand and I was wobbling. Like they were like, you couldn't even stand. And it was like the first time I've ever been drunk on stage and the first time I drank in like months. How'd the set go? I had a great time. I had, a, I had a, I had a really, really good set, but what fucked, what fucked with my head, all my friends, they go, that was the best set you've ever done. You have to be drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be drunk. I was like, nah, dude. But if it, was, it was a more sustainable model, I'd go for it. For but sure. If you have to do two shows in a night or a couple days in a row, you'd have a headache. Day three, and be you're like, late. dude, I, I can't go out there. I feel like shit. That makes me. The that walls makes sense. are closing in on me. <laughs> yeah, that's how it blows my mind how Burt Kreischer does his thing, dude. I, it's really, I don't, I don't know it's if people talk about it enough. The endurance and like durability of that guy yeah to do that all the time and still be a functioning adult it's wild actually uh i was talking i was hanging with mark smalls last night yeah great guy yeah and he was he just finished uh touring with him and i asked him i was like what's it like like don't you have to like drink so much and he was like honestly he's like it's not he's like yeah it's what you think it is it is true like a lot of drinking and smoking but i didn't pressure be pressured to drink as much because i was always high Mark's a weed guy anyways. But he was like, the one thing I couldn't handle was the eating. He was like, we're always eating. He was like, we went to, uh, what did he say? He was like, we went to like Disney World or some like amusement park. And within like 10, 15 minutes in there, we're already at the cafeteria ordering food and burgers. He's just a hedonist. Bert's just <laughs> always doing something. Right. But I can handle the eating. I love eating. I love food. I, I would just have to like work out a heart, like a lot of cardio. And be yeah, it's eating. tough. I was just talking to my girlfriend about, because uh. I'm because now that I'm having kids, I'm sad I won't go to like a nightclub again. But it's so weird. I used to like go. You don't to, seem like a nightclub guy. Uh, yeah, I don't think I was supposed to be, but I do enjoy the energy of it. And I'm probably just romanticizing it because it's going away. I, I didn't go that often. Yeah. But I do remember like one time I went to Vegas with like the boys and we had a big steak dinner. 
And uh, we just took in so much butter and salt. And then immediately afterwards, we were supposed to go clubbing. And we were just dragging ass. And, like, we were all sweating. And I'm like, I don't know if I can dance tonight. <laughs> like, dude, that was way too much beef. I, I just I feel heavy. I can't yeah. move. But we still did it. I still... <laughs> Yeah, I'm dude, you made the whole you made the whole club smell like beef too. Sometimes you gotta play when you're hurt. Are you a dancer at the nightclubs? That way, I like, love to dance. I'm the dancer as well. It's it's I, I find it so cathartic and uh, relaxing and meditative to just be out there grooving and like right. letting go of your inhibitions and your brain just gets cleared up and you you start. I get a lot of breakthroughs on the dance floor, like a lot of like my best thoughts have come on the dance floor. <laughs> That's why I call myself Disco Thoreau, and. You probably like about the best jokes you've ever done. Yeah, yeah. I, While you're just dancing? Yeah, I was at the Abbey at the 4th of July a couple of years ago, and I, I was on the dance floor, and I was just, I, I danced for 10 seconds, and then I'd be in my phone just writing jokes and notes. I don't know <laughs> but it, But is it, like, about dancing, or is it about, like, fucking coffee? No, some of it could like. be about your parents, but it just <laughs> comes to me when I'm, I, I think a lot when I dance, but it's it clears up the thinking. It, it smooths out the highway. That's amazing it's the best dude i recommend it to everyone wow i'm wow usually i like think of like the best jokes i've ever thought of where i like i took an edible but i took too strong of an edible and then i wake up in the middle of the night and i'm still high and i was like oh wait i have this idea and i just start writing yeah some kind of elevated state of consciousness whether that be dancing or or on mushrooms or mushrooms or um running as fast as you can on the treadmill or getting pinned while wrestling or gardening any of that i have a question do you ever like do you ever like imagine yourself you're at a setting like so like i will especially when i'm high i'll always imagine myself that i'm like jimmy fallon just goes please welcome i'm at el cadre and i come out and i'm like and i just start thinking of jokes from there do you ever think of like a certain setting no that's a good idea i don't fantasize much about stand-up stuff most of my fantasies are more like uh way outside my life they're more like military based like i'm primary through the door and we're rescuing three hostages really <laughs> that's for most of my fantasies i've had the only fantasy that i've had out of life is just me having like fire powers or some super some animation yeah shit. that's pretty cool that's like nothing too what, crazy. what are your superpowers i would probably be a fire guy that's that's nice i always imagine i have perfect like, I, I don't think i've seen this i have like perfect eyesight Right. So my reflexes are really quick, and I'm like a crack shot with like pistols or throwing. So knives. you're like a Navy SEAL, and you're fucking like get down. I can just see everything. Like my peripheral is amazing. I can assess multiple targets, and I don't miss when I shoot. And maybe my bullets are specifically designed so they can penetrate like invulnerable superheroes. Oh, that's sick! Like that one, uh, the that one movie Wanted. Yeah, exactly. That'd when be you, sick. When you can whip the, the the shots. Yeah, and then you could control your heart rate, bro. That's fucking sick. I like that movie because that guy probably is bipolar and he's taking medication to deaden the symptoms. But then he realizes whatever those symptoms are are actually part of his superpower. So bipolar is a superpower. <laughs> uh, or like the the intensity of his feelings yeah. and thoughts and like overwhelming yeah. stimulation. That's his power. So he's right. got to learn rather than deaden it, try to channel it. No, that's actually really good. Do you think that's what the movie was trying to portray? I mean, it was a it was a small theme in it, but no, I was more trying to portray just like because you know when he comes out of the he they have that like restorative bath that they right. take in that after you get yeah your that's body all wax or whatever. And I remember they made McAvoy look pretty ripped when he they, it was all oil, but he looked pretty shredded when he came out. Yeah, I think that was more what the movie was about. It's all about how shredded he was. Yeah, dude. and Angelina Jolie just you know at the peak of her powers, just yeah, dude, looking fine as hell. She's just incredible to look dude, at. Dude, I think she's the reason why everyone has the uh, uh, gets lip injections. Yeah, she, her lips are natural, is it? Yeah, and maybe those the bucal thing or whatever it's called that the yeah. heroin chic look that everyone's trying to do. Everyone's getting like dimples put into their cheeks. She, I think she kind of I think has so. that just. Because she was born that way. Oh, dude. It's funny that you mentioned that because, like, I was at a grocery store, like, two months ago. I think it was at Trader Joe's. And and uh, this lady, she goes, um, she's like, I'm so jealous of your dimples. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, yeah you got a smile, nice face. Oh, yeah, you have nice dimples. And then, and then she goes, yeah, I'm because both of her cheeks were pierced. And she goes, the reason why I'm piercing my cheeks is because I'm trying to have dimples. Interesting. Insane. Yeah. Me. You know, I'm pro getting work done, too. Oh, I got a hair transplant. I saw that. It looks yeah. good. Thank so you. So you had to shave the whole thing. I had to shave my whole head, 
And then now I'm on month four, but you could see like I'll show you later, but you could see like the little hair is starting to grow. It's coming in. So the grow the the transplanted hair is growing and then falls off, grows and then falls off. By like month four, I'm like, but I'm maintaining it all the time, every day. Like I um did you go somewhere else to do that? I, I went think, to Istanbul. Yeah, Johnny Mitchell told me he's going overseas for it. Yeah, I told him all about it. I told him like who to call and everything. Why Istanbul? Because they they have like I don't know what's some law over there. I'm not sure. There I know there's like hey Channing, I think maybe there's like a certain website of why it's certain like it's cheaper there, but Istanbul is the it's known for its medical tourism. And it's just and your dollars goes farther there. Over here, you in US to do a hair transplant transplant is ten thousand dollars over there only costing me twelve hundred dollars wow however because there's just so many doctors that do hair transplants or clinics and then you have different you have like the middle guy that's basically like let's say the agent let's call him the agent yeah, the broker the broker right they basically will do like repackages because they know people in america and london and the western european countries they have more money so basically they're like if you have people like, yeah, I only paid like four thousand, six thousand dollars, it's like, dude, you could have only paid like twelve hundred dollars or like a thousand dollars, like way cheaper. And you get a trip to Turkey. Out and of you it. get to Istanbul. I mean, my family's out. There. Oh yeah, the affordable cost of labor in Turkey gives the clinics great leverage over the European competitors when determining the cost of hair transplant procedures. One of the biggest costs for any business is the physical location that it needs to operate in. In Turkey, there are over 1,200 hospitals at your disposal. 1,200? Right. It's already known for its medical tourism. Right. And also, the well, they just said the affordable cost of labor. What was insane was, it's usually the, it was the technici technicians are doing all the work. Like, the doctor would come in and tell you, like, he would mark exactly yeah. when he needs to go in. And it was the doctor who was, like, like literally opening up the graft and pulling it. Uh, opening up all the holes or whatever in the donor area. I'm not familiar with the process. So basically it's like, it's a FUE technique. Basically what they're doing is they're basically uprooting the, the let's say the plant. It's like uprooting a tree and planting it somewhere else. Oh. Think of it like that. So they're basically pulling out the seeds or the seed follicles from the back of my head and they're implanting it on the front of my head. Because that's the last place to go is the back of the head. Right. Yeah, I, I could be bald in the back of my head. It doesn't matter, but it's like as long as you have hair here. But right. I I went there. I'm I'm 29 now. And by the time I got there, like the crown area, I'm balding from my crown area a little bit in the middle. And the never, I wasn't really receding from my hairline, but it was mainly from the crown. So what they did was they put 2,500 grafts here, 1,000, 1,000, about 4,500 grafts. In the next 10 years, if I'm still balding, or there's some more hair falling out, I can go back. We'll see. But hopefully by then I'll be jacked and I'll be fucking The Rock. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sick. I'll be Yemeni The Rock, bro. Yeah, we need that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I it. take Propecia, so that's why I still have hair. I, I don't, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know how much it would have gone. Did you get on it early? Yeah, right when I saw it starting to go, I was like, get me on that Propecia. Oh, and nice. guys are worried about it because it can affect your dick game. Like, if you go on Reddit, dudes are like, my, my dick was never the same. It feels like a hasn't affected me at all. No, I, 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 and, and it's supposed to make it, some people worry it makes it harder to have kids. But, uh, dude, yeah. you're good. I'm, I'm Yemeni, dude. If anything, Propecia, if anything, probably leveled me out from like Arabian rapist to like <laughs> normal. I'm on that same to like normal spectrum. human. Yeah, I'm too horny. My brother, <laughs> yeah, I'm, normal I'm, human. It's disgusting, but I'm a really horny guy. And uh, likewise, I called my brother and I was like, dude, I'm worried about Propecia. They say it, it makes you not horny. And my brother was like, you don't need to worry about that, dude. <laughs> He's very encouraging. He's like, you'll still be horny. What, what's that. your like ethnicity background? I'm a half like white dude, half Colombian. But oh I, yeah, that's right. But I look like Jewish. But um, <laughs> no, I'm not. My dad's just a white dude from Jersey with like Anglo background, and my mom is uh, from Medellin, Colombia. Nice. Do you speak Spanish? Un poquito. Ah man. I think I can speak enough where if it's like just straight English speakers around me. I can make up enough words and string it together well enough that they'll be like, that guy speaks Spanish. Like all my high school buddies are like, yeah, JT speaks Spanish, but I don't. <laughs> but, I, but I can fool them when we're on vacation in Mexico. Okay. My Arabic is a little bit better than that, but that's because I went to an Islamic oh, yeah, school. It's not a competition. It, 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 no, no, I wasn't competing. Yeah, like, flex no, no, no. I was stronger like, with your well, I wasn't even going I, for that one. Wow. Well, you don't even know you're like, <laughs> no, I'm saying, 
What I'm saying is it's a little bit better, but I'm saying is like where I think I'm like confident speaking Arabic, but then I go like when I was in Dubai or like in the Middle East trying to speak Arabic with people, they they would just respond to me. Yeah, they would or they would speak Arabic to me. And then like all of a sudden I'm like, fuck, like I they're too advanced right now. My Colombian family members, when I try to talk to them in Spanish, they're like, dude, just speak English. Like (laughs) they, They really they're like, we don't have the time or the patience for this. Just say it in the language, you know, how'd you like growing up in Orange County? Um, I liked it. I, I had, a, I have a great group of friends that I'm still super, super close with. Um, so I liked the people a lot. I, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's just the way I am that I would have liked wherever I grew up, but I, yeah, I have a deep attachment to it, but I'd never moved back. I, I like going back for like a couple of days, but I don't think I could live there anymore. Oh, for sure. That's how I feel with Dallas, Texas, man. Like I always say like Dallas, Texas was, I, I, Loved growing up there. It was the home I was raised in, but like LA and wherever I am, this is the home that I built. It's like, I like the support system and my friends here and stuff. But every time I go to Dallas, Texas, I was like, I don't need to be here longer than I should be. It w- I went back for COVID. I moved back in with my mom and uh, that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't really like exploring Orange County. We were mostly inside, but like, uh, it was just, uh, I don't know. It's a very, everyone there is like, you know, it's kind of like an affluent area and everyone just feels like they've kind of like, they don't stress there. They're all like, no, life is good. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it's the most like panoramic view of the world, but it was a nice place to be, especially during like a destabilizing time <laughs> right. in the world. Especially like, outside of LA because LA is, and New York are like these big anxious, panicky places. Yeah. And they're such fast paced cities mm-hmm. while in Orange County, especially when you're back home, you're in the, in the like yeah. the suburban area. Everyone's chilling. Everyone's lax. I'd be like, I'm freaking out. And everyone's like, why? Yeah. It's yeah. sunny. Everything's okay. They're like, get some fish tacos today. You'll be all right. I'm like, that's a good plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have some Mexican food. You go to Chipotle, you're like, all right, this mm. is even Mexican food. But yeah. But uh, yeah, I liked growing up there. It was really fun. And it was like kind of in, in the zeitgeist at the time. Like when I was growing up, the OC and like Laguna Beach came out. So you kind of felt like you were the, uh, the tip of the spear for... Uh, lowbrow teenage entertainment i was right peak at that i've actually like i did a couple hiking trails in orange county there's one called pacific ridge trail Mm -hmm. have you been to that one oh it's great because they have a great trail where it's overlooking the ocean oh it's beautiful what what part of town is that um let me let me pull it up i think oops let me see pacific san clemente uh newport yeah newport beach yeah Oh man, I remember. Wait, actually, not at all. Remembered. I remember like watching you and Chad stuff uh, during um, during the pandemic, and then y'all went to Newport Beach, telling everyone about masks. Oh, Huntington, yeah. Honey, oh, it was Huntington, which has like a reputation for being uh, belligerent. Like people like to fight there. Yeah. They do. They really do. It's not just. Yeah. Like a stereotype. They really do throw down there a lot. Yo, okay, okay. Well, no one was trying to like, there were people no, being confrontational. trying to fight us. Oh, really? Yeah, at the end of the video, this big barrel chested dude, like, he's like, oh, don't, oh, don't yeah. tell me what to do. I won't tell you what to do. Do not come near me with that mask. And uh, of course, we're like, no, let's go closer. <laughs> let's go closer. <laughs> and then uh, I felt bad for that guy. I felt like, you know, it was a little unfair of us to, to I mean, he, he could see the cameras. We weren't like hiding them, but. I was like, oh, we kind of like, you know, put that dude in a spot where, you know, we're fucking with him. He, he de- we control the edit. It's a little unfair. But then I, I was back in Huntington and some kid came up to me. He was like, that was my uncle. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, is he pissed about the video? He's like, no, nah, he loves it. And then, really? yeah, that was really. A well, he's like featured and likes to be on camera. We're, we also live in this day and age where people like to be on camera. Even mm-hmm. I mean, lots of people don't, but it's also like. It's kind of like crowd work comedians now where you would see like you'd see like the comedian and then in the other angle you see like the actual person like that they're doing crowd work with. And I used to be like, oh, my God, like, are they not like nervous about it or are they not shy? No, they're from all it? swaggered out now. They're swaggered out. Dude, if anything now, like the girl like <laughs> I've seen like a, Nate, a video of Nate Jackson doing crowd work with this girl. And then like and the girl's like, hey, that was me. Tag me. Follow me on this. Right, no, like, it's, like, it's a business. Like, there's, yeah. there's I, I know some people who are like the best audience crowd work people, and they get hired for different shows because they're such good. Audience. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, Pull it's back like here. a cottage industry. Yeah. There's, so, audience people will, uh, comedians would hire an comedians audience? Comedians hire them, and 
and they, and they, oh, they, they, br- and they bring them in and they're like they're just locked in they've been doing it for years their oh, schools nice. popping up like how to be good audience for crowd work clips. oh that makes sense yeah, okay you know what honestly if this comedy thing doesn't work out i might just do that i mean the future might be being in the crowd they're the ones bringing it right now. Right, that makes sense. You know, but you got to have a lot of stories. Like you got to be fucking a bunch of different people. You're not supposed to be. Fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got to have a crazy. Job. You know, I'm actually working on this new bit as an audience crowd work member. Is I'm gonna come in with two girls and be like, yeah, I'm dating both of them. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, that's gonna be gold. For and I'm gonna be like in my sweater, looking like like a, a Yemeni Carlton. Yeah. And then I just want the comic to be like, what you and these two girls? I I I was working on a similar crowd work bit where um. The person I'm hiring is gonna come in with two girls, and he's he's not fucking either of them, but they're both fucking his dad. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that'll be really good. And then the dad would come out. He goes, "I'm here." The dad shows up late, just not even to watch the show, just to grab the girls and bring them back for a <laughs> menage. No way. And then and then the community would be like, "This, wow, I wasn't that funny, huh?" And then everyone just they go nuts. Millions dude. of followers. <laughs> dude, nice, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm I've been like realizing like now the key to be a good comedian is like low weight high reps cardio intermittent fasting yeah you got to do that stuff hit the ice bath today <laughs> yeah yeah did you write like, jokes no but i no, did I, was, I was i did 20 minutes of ice bath it's like dude he's killing it bro i Have was you froze s- today dude but that's what it takes to be a good comedian nowadays yeah you got to be able to handle the cold and adverse conditions <laughs> yeah it's like it's like did you see jt dude he's ripped as fuck yeah <laughs> I've always been into working out, but now I'm more into it. I'm like, it's really important. <laughs> it's all about appearance now. Yeah, I'm trying to get to like 8% body fat. I yeah, think yeah. I can I've even noticed, no, honestly, I've even noticed like with certain videos, I'm like, how does this video, oh, I look, I just look better in this video where I'm like, oh, I'm wearing like a tighter shirt. I'm not, I don't look as flabby in this photo. That can be hard too, dude. I did like a, like a, I just took like a goofy photo of myself and wrote like a stupid caption. And I, I, I had never looked at like insights before to see how, posts were performing until recently and yeah. then i looked at the insights on that i lost like 40 followers <laughs> just on my face from a post just a post of my face yeah i was like oh that's disheartening you could see how many followers you lose from a post that's crazy yeah. and i was like oh man it probably just updated i gotta start i, I was like oh fuck dude oh just man. 40 people just were like no nah, not for <laughs> unfollowed no i've i've seen certain like i'll do that when i look at my followers list and i go why did i lose 50 followers here and and i would look at that day of and then i look at the post like oh i just posted a, a photo of me smiling hiking mm-hmm. having a good time and 40 people were like fuck this fuck guy. this guy dude. yeah that's too much joy for you me piece of shit. he's too good. smiley yeah, i don't like it <laughs> get him out of here that's hilarious get him out of my world Oh man, I'm actually I'm actually excited to go to Orange County. Irvine is part of Orange County, yeah, for right? sure. Uh, I'll be headline I'll be headlining an Irvine Improv June 21st. Oh, that's awesome! It's a fun club. Yeah. Oh, you've headlined there, uh, or it's shows out there. Mm-hmm. I've done a couple of shows out there. I opened for like Morgan J and Daniel Weingarten. Shout nice. out to those boys. Um, have, have you ever uh, seen Morgan's Full Hour? No, it, he just dropped a special. You right? got to watch it, man. It's I'm sure really it's great. Good. He's so talented. He's amazing. The the I think you would love uh, you would love the special, especially at the end. There's certain so- I don't want to spoil, but there's a certain song about like losing followers and things oh, on really? social media. It's gonna hit you right here. Let's it's, go. It's Morgan really the yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I love about the special. You're laughing your ass off the whole time, and then like he gets real, like it hits you here. He go, he, yeah. And then he gets back into funny. Let's go. I love Morgan's show. Like opening for him is my favorite because his crowd just loves comedy, and and like what I like about him, like when he was op- when he was headlining at Irvine, like what I like about his stuff is like he will cold open his own show. He will get up and he would just play guitar and just do like some crowd work, cold opening, or do his song the L O L O L or Ha Ha, and then. And then, like, he would have the comics, like, bring a, each other up, and then he would go up and do his, like, full, like, out. I think it's an experience. It's yeah. amazing. The music adds so much to it as well. I, I don't like following uh, musical comedians. It's hard because mm-hmm. they always murder, Yeah, too. they do great. Because it's just better. Music's just better <laughs> yeah. than just stand-up. Oh, every time, like, I remember uh, uh, it was Luke Knoll. He was, like, getting up, playing his songs and stuff. And as he's just singing and playing the guitar, I look at Chris Estrada, I was just like, 
that's talent. Yeah, it's right real there. talent. I was like, that's real talent. What we just did was not like. Yeah, and it seems easier. Like with stand up, you're like, oh yeah, they're just collecting some thoughts and yeah. dispensing them. Yeah, yeah. And then the musicians come possible. up to the, musicians have the nerve to come up to you and go, nah, bro, what you do is talented. They don't you're like, mean it. nah, bro. They, they don't, don't mean, mean it. it. They're being no, nice. They're just being nice. It's really mean, bro. They're just like, that's crazy. You can make a fool of yourself. Like <laughs> right, right. Wow, that's crazy that that nobody respects you. Yeah, no one respects outside. you. No one wants to bang you. That's cool. <laughs> You still do it. Yeah, yeah. And like, you have, and you have this mental illness that will last for you the rest of your life. For sure. It's only getting worse. Oh man, that's hilarious. I uh I'm actually gonna be headlining in Irvine and I've been re- uh Opie actually told me a funny quote, uh funny fact that Irvine is actually the safest city in America. I believe it. Safest city. And they had a while back in like the northern part of Irvine, they had a murder that happened there. And Irvine didn't want to be responsible for that murder. So they just redrew the city lines to where it belongs to the northern That's part. Great. Of That's a very Orange County thing to do. Like Disneyland yeah. does that. Disneyland's in Orange County. Yeah. And technically no one's ever died at Disneyland because they want it to be the happiest place on earth. But what they do is, is like some guy got decapitated on the Matterhorn and they just don't announce that he's dead until they get him off site. So they don't <laughs> have to put it on their records. So they're carrying like this headless body and they're like, no, nah, he's alive. He's alive. And then once they get out of the parking lot, they're like, yeah, he's officially dead. That's fucking wild. Dude, Disney has crazy stories. Apparently, like, the the one in um, the haunted house ride, apparently, like, every day or every week, they have to clean up ashes from dead people. Because people would, like, they, they you can't just drop oh, dead people. You know, right. like, your they dead relative's ashes. ashes. So they can't do it anywhere. So they go to the haunted house, and they would just drop their dead Ashes. That's hilarious. Your dead relative ashes over. Urn into Disneyland. It's like I need to drop my dead yeah, grandfather's you can sneak ash. ashes pretty easily. You just put like a Ziploc bag of it in your boot. Yeah. And then you get on the ride and you're like, boom. Are those drugs? No, it's <laughs> ashes. Yeah, you're like, it is drugs. It's not ashes. I'll snort it right now. <laughs> what are you talking about? Give and it to you just me. Do an eight ball of grandpa. Speaking of drugs, I'm actually going to Electric Forest at the end of this month. I'm like, so have you heard of Electric Forest? Is it like an EDM kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, show them uh, the images of the electric. Uh, I'd electric- love to go. Oh, dude, do you do awesome. like Molly or anything like that? Or? Oh yeah, so I'll do like I'll like so it's Thursday. It's a four night festival. So my Thursday four night. Nights. Well, wait. Actually, can you put 2023 lineup? I kind of want to see when Odessa. I definitely want to be rolling when I'm on when I'm watching Odessa. Uh, I just yeah, Odessa's up, and then Illinium, Zed's dead's good, but oh uh, yeah, so above and beyond and Odessa are the ones where I'm like I gotta be twisted for this yeah, one, yeah, <laughs> but but uh, so I'll do like a Molly day and then a Shroom day, and yeah, then the rest. balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big shroom guy, though. I like. I do them all the time. They're the best. Yeah, I'll take like a one uh, a one capsule, like those one gram like ones. The, yeah, so chill, and you're like. It keeps you elevated. That's something to just write jokes on. I might do that today. I might do that when I get. I'll do 250 milligrams, so I'll do a fourth of that. But that can get me pretty uh, altered. Right. And you're chill. But you're not like two. You can still drive. I can still drive. <laughs> that's like, I that's like my baseline. fucked up at work. I used to do like fat edibles at this job I had because I was just so bored. And then every time I did an edible that day, they'd be like, hey, we need you to go rent a Penske truck and clear out a storage locker. And like, <laughs> what were you working as? I was just as like a PA at a production office. Oh, dude. And uh, at, at first the weed helped me. Like it made me more fun to be around. So everyone was like, yeah, keep this guy around. But then I started making mistakes. Like, you know, I'd break, I put the wrong inkjet into the printer. They were like, are you high? And I was like, yeah, don't you like it? They're like, no, you're an idiot. I was like, oh, okay, I'll slow down. It won't be as fun. They're like, we don't care. Yeah, just do your job. They're just like, just your... fix the printer. I'm like, no, but I'm fine. Oh, dude. you went through the PA. How long were you PA? A couple of years. And then I did locations for like four months. Oh, my God. I would hate. But, 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 you, but that helped now because now you're like, you're, when Chad, when y'all do your Netflix stuff, it's like you kind of like know the ins and outs. Yeah, it helped a ton. And I worked on prank shows. So I learned, I never thought I wanted to do prank stuff or like out in the real world stuff. And then, but I, I did learn a lot watching it. Makes sense. Yeah, even just tonally, like I learned, because I would drive the people home after they got pranked. So they'd be like, "What the fuck just happened?" They'd be asking me questions, and wow. I wasn't allowed to say anything. Wow. And so I learned a lot about like just that process of like how you handle the uh, the we, aftermath. We, we called them focus groupers, the people we would prank. Okay. That was like our kind of like uh, 
terminology for it. You would it. think it would be called damage control, but yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Right? Yeah. I think it would be like a better name for it. What did, yeah, you, what did you, I remember you posted about quitting your job. What were you doing? I was an accountant, man. Whoa. I was a staff So you accountant. got like your CPA license and no, all that I stuff? No, I got up, I was like right under that. So I was like a senior, almost a senior level accountant. So you go with numbers and all that? Yeah, yeah. And it's helped me a lot for the business side of of everything Which I do. Which comedians are like the worst at. Exactly. Like actually after this, I'm about to go teach like a couple of my friends about like, about like, uh, from like taxes, but also like marketing purposes or like creating an email list. I have like four or five different Excel spreadsheets that I use from like measuring my stage time from uh, like all the bookers from like, from like, I have like a, I have a spreadsheet for like all the email lists that I yeah. do and I keep on, um, keep on contact or emailing a certain club booker. I don't have an agent or a manager yet. So, so gotta, I do, everything that I've been doing this past how long? So it's all me, man. It's amazing. I work my ass off. <laughs> yeah, and you got to use a lot of different parts of your brain. Correct. Thank you. I I think like the accounting, the accounting side of or being account for so long has helped me with the business aspect of stand up comedy. Um, I was actually talking to a friend about it where like I think what makes Kevin Hart so successful was Kevin Hart was like was like he approached stand-up comedy as a business while all, a lot of us, we approach it as an artist and it's like, no dude, this is a business. And it's like, I, I, you know, everything in balance. I try to like make sure I'm writing every day and make sure I'm like doing my stand-up and I'm making sure it's like, you know, the, the product I'm selling, but it's also the art, what you're doing is right. But it's also like, I know how to pitch myself to uh, certain, I don't, I don't want to say networks, but to comedy clubs or to college agents. And um, I have a college agent now, so I've been doing more colleges, but like a lot of it's all on my own. And the accounting side really helped me with everything. Uh, uh, but quitting was the best day of my life. Yes. <laughs> fucking, oh my God. Not not having to do like a journal entry or like, or not having to like, I guess not like having to like just respond to emails and just Dude, like it's taxing. And those yeah. emails, I always struggled more with like, it's easier for me to email when I'm not representing like a company. Like when that's it, what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Or when it was like internal emails and there'd be like nine of my coworkers on the chain and I was like lowest guy on the totem pole. I used to fret over those emails for like hours and only had to be a couple sentences, but I was like, what should my voice be here? Like, <laughs> yeah. like how do I sound? Cause some people were good at it and would like have this real casual tone where they were like, what's up? Like flippity flops. Like we're going to be at this location at this hour. So, you know, bring your sandals cause it's going to be a sandy day down at the, in Malibu or whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, it's fun. But I'd be like, hello, I will be there at this time. I admire you. Good work. Please everyone. Basically turn into a robot. Again. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I I didn't know how to put personality into it. <laughs> That's funny. Emailing is a big skill. It really is. I, I mean, there's so many people that stress over sending one email. I, the one emails received, uh, that I really hated was getting an email forwarded to me and it would just say FYI. And then it was just all this big ass chunk of email oh, no. with all these attachments. I'm like, fuck, I got to just you gotta read all that. Yeah. Yeah, because if you miss a detail in there and then you're wrong in your follow-up, yeah. you're dead in the water. And the problem with, uh, like, one of my, I mean, with accounting, it's like you got to have attention to detail. But one of, one of my weaknesses, I don't have the best attention. I mean, I thought I do. I think I do. But to a level as an accountant, their attention to detail is like, like, they'll know, hey, this penny is off. Me, I don't fucking. Sure. <laughs> like, it seems like. It's, their brain's geared for that. Yeah, they're but like could, super But down. you can do it. But it's just not natural for <laughs> not you. Not as natural as it they It takes a little more energy for you. Right. I think what made me survive my whole accounting career or how I was able to get so much uh, so much work was, for me, was as long as I get in the room and I interview with these people, I was I was like, I could easily get the job. Yeah, you had the most charisma out of all the accountants. Right. Every job that I had as an accountant, they go, we love your energy. We love your, uh, it's like the, what was it? They... Uh, you bring a, you're a great asset to the work environment. That's huge. They, they're like, you're you're very, a locker room guy. Yeah, yeah. You're, I was the guy. You're I was Adonis Haslam. Yeah, I was the guy that like I made I made everyone laugh. I brought like the whole morale up. You know what I mean? Yeah, they won't promote you, but they'll never get rid of you. Exactly. 
would never. They need. <laughs> they liked me. Yeah, they liked me. But I did just enough work not to be like, "Hey, you're fired." I never like. I, I was never got like fired. that. I was like a six on the competency scale, but I was like a nine on the hang scale. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of pressure in that too, because then if you stop being fun. Everyone's like, what's your problem? They're like, yeah. you're like supposed to be the fun guy. And you're like, I'm sad today. Yeah, and then yeah. they're like, well, we kind of keep you around to be like, uh, you know. The cool guy. Yeah, basket of sunshine. <laughs> and, and, you know, you're not part of all the. And I wasn't like as ambitious. So everyone's like, we feel safe around you. Right. But then I, there'd be days where I was like, no, I want to be ambitious and I want to be sad today. And they're like, that's not really your, your role. <laughs> yeah. Don't we got be other that guys guy. who do that better. Oh, uh, yeah. We that's, got other guys that's who That's Todd's job. Like, that's how you're going. Yeah, fucking exactly. asshole. Get out of the way, dude. Like a douche. <laughs> no, that's funny. Like, uh, my favorite uh, thing was going into these accounting jobs, and they're like, "So, are you like trying to get your CPA? Are you on track?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude, I love accounting. Oh, I can't wait to get my CPA." And they're like, oh, "Okay, cool." Before I leave, they all, the manager they go, "You never got your CPA, <laughs> right?" Like, You're like, "I was lying." Yeah, I was a liar. I'm a liar. Useful lie. Rob Puglisi is my roommate. Oh, really? He's a great he's my guy. New roommate. I love yeah. Wait, what? You didn't know that? No. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have him on the pod soon. Yeah, he's my he's the guy I moved with. I went from a Colin to a Ryan to a Rob. Damn. You're yeah. just running the gambit on plain white dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, also plain like white dudes. Scottish names. You can yeah. you can rank them though. You know what I mean? Like just based on their clout. Ryan <laughs> would obviously be up top. Who was the other one? Uh, this guy named Colin Jamerson. He's now he's a sketch guy. He has his own sketch team at the Pack Theater. Okay, so probably above Rob. <laughs> I'm not sure. He's above <laughs> hey, listen, you're the one putting Rob below. I no. I love Rob. Good. No, friend. he's he's a great guy. He he has a little like Chihuahua, but it's it looks like a deer mixed with a rat. Rabbi deer or no. What? That's a rabbit and a deer. A rabbit? No, a rabbit deer mixed with a jackalope. It's a chihuahua mixed with a terrier. Let me show you a picture of him. Yeah, let me see this guy. He looks interesting, the dog. I mean, his name is Jack, and he's finally like, I mean, he's a chihuahua, man. That motherfucker does not listen to me. I mean, oh, hold on, let me show you. You guys got to build some rapport. I know. I think I got it. Yeah, it's going to take some time for me. to get to know this little fucker. Yeah, that makes sense, because this fucking dog. He's got to learn you. <laughs> Here you go. Oh, that's a horrendous looking animal. <laughs> hey, Anne, I'm gonna send you the picture so we can post it. But yeah, he's a uh, he's definitely yeah he's really saying no to the cameras. Yeah, it's, but I mean, listen, he's he's one of those dogs where like he just really wants attention. So like like right now, uh, this morning actually, I woke up at 7:30 a.m. because the dog was scratching on my door because Rob left for work, I guess. And he was just, and I opened the door. I'm like, stop, stop. And then I put him in Rob's room and then he like stopped, like didn't scratch on my door anymore. But before when I first moved in, just relentless. Oh man. Just keep on, because he wants my attention. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know dogs much. I'm like, I relate to that. Like my yeah. dog always wants attention. I always want attention. So we're like a match made in heaven. Like yeah. we're just muy simpatico. That makes sense. But like with that dog, no, bro. No, I couldn't do it with that Not dog. Not with that dog. No. There's a... Uh, there's Love a, Rob, but <laughs> dude, why? There's a dog, there's a, uh, what's it called? Uh, like Monty's dog, Cedar. He's a golden doodle. I, I love that dog. But you know the guy who invented doodles? Like who first crossbred the lab and the doodle? He said it was his greatest mistake. Really? He said he, it was a genetic mistake to cross them that they have too much energy it was kind of like that guy who invented gunpowder who was that like noble that's why he came up with like a more philanthropic stuff at the end of his life like it's on that scale yeah like, this was a grand historic fuck up really? to make these animals but they seem if anything the big fuck up is french bulldogs yeah they can't breathe They're right fucking gross dude yeah they, they got all sorts of medical problems yeah, yeah 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 we could literally all just do this for like for like a year or two, and then we're we're not dealing with that problem. They're anymore. dead. They're yeah. all dead. They do away with our mistakes. And they're expensive too. Better to look away. How much are they? Uh, how much is a French bulldog? Five grand or it something. It has to be like five, crazy. four to five grand. Crazy. And that's just to buy it. The upkeep is where you really get oh robbed. I do no. I'm a I'm a cat guy. though. Oh yeah, five thousand three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah they're they're my expensive. dog prices. Seven thousand. Oh yeah, up to nineteen thousand dollars. That's yeah. insane. That, yeah, you, you don't want to pay that for a dog. No, 
Oh, bro, I adopt. You yeah. could go to Turkey six <laughs> times, including airfare, get more hair on your head. Become your own dog. Yeah, bro. Who's got a thick mane? Who can yeah, dude. It as a Go to a dog mane? groomer for all the hair that you have, man. That's insane. Fucking, um, what was I going to say? I'm a big cat guy. Are you a cat guy? No. Don't like cats. Really? I, f I love cats. I used to foster cats. What's the appeal? <sighs> man, I don't know where to begin. I just love them so much. I love the fact that it's like, I like the fact that it's Look, like. There's the top article. Look, clip back one. Oh, click back one. Labradoodle creator laments his work. Whoa. See? Yeah. The man who created the Labradoodle crossbred told a podcast that he feels he released a Frankenstein monster. Labradoodle enthusiasts are not pleased. This guy. Ari Shapiro. 30 years ago, Wally Canton, Canton inadvertently sparked a revolution in the canine world in an effort to breed a hypoallergenic guide dog. He crossed a poodle with a Labradoodle and voila, the Labradoodle was born. I mean, he did his job. He did his job, but at what cost? What did he rot on the world? But like, lab but the thing what is did Oppenheimer say after like, I am destroyer of life or destroyer of earth or something like that. Yeah. That I'm, I forget the exact quote. But I don't like, come on. I wouldn't compare like a sweet, cute dog to that. Like French to bulldogs and then Chihuahua. No, I, you know, it's, it's a small stretch. <laughs> This guy's just like the destroyer of couch legs because these dogs have way too much energy. They got too much energy. That's great. All right. They just I'm cut their balls off. I was just talking about, this is like the most, um, amongst other things, people, I, I, I turn people off because I'm not a huge dog guy. I love my dog now. I'm like one of those guys. I've come around on, you know, everyone loves their own dog. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, for a long time, I was kind of, I grew up loving dogs. And then, I don't know, at some point, our culture started to celebrate them too much, and I was like, I think we need some pushback here. That makes it, I, I agree. I'm losing everything. And that's why I like listening. cats. Yeah, cats. I'm not too big on them, I, but I was never too big on them. I like the cats. I like cats because you have to earn their love. That, and that they is come cool. to you, and every cat's like, well, dogs are the same way, but like cats, it's like you go in, and it's like at the first, they don't like you. But some cats will do like you, and it's always like a mystery. Yeah, their love I mean, is a little bit more uh, conditional. You got to really bring it. Yeah. And I but like not that. bring it too much. Exactly. You come on too strong. And I love the do. maintenance. It's like, you have a cat. Here, here, you shit over here. You eat over here. And the cat's like this. They're self-sufficient. I love that. I love horses. I saw a cool quote the other day of this dude who was like, I like cats. Cats are better than dogs because cats will never work for the police. <laughs> yeah. They're not bootlickers. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, a dog will lick a policeman's boots. Dogs yeah. are actual cops. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, you kill bro. one, you do like life. Yeah. Right, exactly. And and cats, dude. I didn't see oh. one dog post about Black Lives Matter. <laughs> mm. I did see one with his paw on the back of a guy's neck, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I've that. seen that yeah. before. Yeah, so sadistic little. I think all dogs are kind of right. Yeah, yeah, I think I know now. I know why that guy's like super upset about it. Yeah. And cat videos, they do way better than dog videos. Do they? Makes sense. <laughs> My most viral video on YouTube shorts is, uh, it was just when I was in Istanbul, like, I was like, I'm going to try to pet every street cat there. <laughs> Biggest vid, My most viewed YouTube. I shot That's up to like- a tough one to recreate. Yeah. And it sucks because I was like, damn, like, now I have all these subscribers from this cat video- and then like some of it's translating to my stand-up because I'm still posting stand-up clips. And but it's just so funny, but they all came from a cat video. People it's not what I signed up for. Yeah, <laughs> I like your stand-up, but more cat stuff. Well, this happened. Well, uh, what's nice is some people go, I found you through your cat video, but now I like your stand-up. And that's nice to see. Mm -hmm. But YouTube is wild. Like I'll have some like someone called me a towel head. And I got kind of annoyed because I go, it wasn't the racism that bothered me. I was like, Tal I haven't heard Towelhead since the Bush administration. Yeah, it's a little bit, I mean, besides being ugly and, and gross and xenophobic, it's also like way outdated. Yeah. The bro. lack of creativity <laughs> really bothers me. Yeah, that is what bothered me. I was like, you could have said, you created a new, like, oh, you, you sand queefers or something like that. I think that would have been better. Right. You'd be offended, but you'd snicker a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, 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 those comments drive me crazy. It's I thought it's funny we all thought we were gonna be like a more evolved species once we had the internet because it would be like this facts based conversation, 
And uh, no, people were like, no, we're going to dig our heels in and we don't mind being stupid on record. <laughs> right. I, I will do it. You're right, right. <laughs> well, now it's like they're, and if anything, it made us dumber because like kind of like that guy is like, hey, you don't get near me with that mask. Like the whole time, I, like I'd be thinking like this guy is just stuck in a different algorithm. Mm -hmm. And he like, he now for sure, he's like, no, I know I'm right. And what these two guys are doing are trying to kill me with a mask. Uh, yeah, and you know what's crazy. funny? I'm kind of, I do think I overreacted to COVID now. So now I'm a little bit more on his side. I'm like, yeah, you know, we can still have a beer. <laughs> I, won't, I won't wear a mask now. <laughs> but, but he did overreact where like all we were doing was being like, Take a mask, and <laughs> yeah. he was like ready to go. Like he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna like, fight come, you. Come this is against my that. my freedom. You're yeah, like, chill out. Dude. Yeah, it was a little bit. The funniest part sensitive. was like it was like uh, the craziest part during the pandemic was like, oh yeah, I will not wear this muzzle on my face, and you're just like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't really that big of a sacrifice to have to wear a mask. <laughs> Although I did, it they did bother me. I didn't like wearing them. I don't like wearing a mask either, especially when I had glasses on and I would fog yeah, up. Yeah, like half your face is obstructed. I also got LASIK in Turkey. Sorry about that. Wow. I, no, I, $1,200 hair transplant, LASIK, $1,500. So is 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 Turkey just across the board? They do all it, the enhancements? Medical tourism of the world. So like Medical it, tourism? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Or medical capital, whatever. Except for dental. That's Mexico. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Mexico's like the dental capital of the world. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I'm actually thinking about driving down to Tijuana to get like, like check any teeth. There's a place literally right when you cross the border at CBX, right there. Really? There's a, yeah, there's a dentist that's like world-renowned. He, he parked himself right there for tourists. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And, and CDMX? CBX, like the, where the border crossing is. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll check it out. Yeah, might as well. Like, I'll be like, hey, do I have any cavities? Can you just check? I don't want to go through Medi-Cal. Oh, no. Dude, the dentist is a nightmare too. My dentist, he makes jokes nonstop. I, I like, have to. I don't. I don't even. I don't laugh. But he just keeps making them. Does he know and you're then, a comedian? Yeah, and then they. Oh, he no. always. They. They never let you go. They always have four more things that they need to do to you. Like they're like, all right, you know, we uh, we checked your root canal. That's all good to go. All right, we cleaned your teeth. That's all good to go. But your gums. Now you got to fix your gums. And you're like, dude, like. They're like mechanics. Yeah, I don't want to spend my life here. Like, I have other things I want to do. And they're like, you only need to come back three more times. I'm like, dude, and like, is this going to really impact my life? They're like, oh, yeah. No, it could, if your gums go bad, like, get an infection there, that could go to your heart. I'm like, yeah, maybe. But, like, am I am I actually going to, I've never heard of anyone dying. Of gingivitis. Yeah, gingivitis. And they're like, it happens. And then you're like, but shoot me straight. Like, what's my timeline? They're like, soon. You got to come in soon. And you're like, all right, dude, whatever, man. Oh, they're just trying to make that money, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's funny. Yeah, they're gangsters. <laughs> they're shaking me down. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, man. By the way, your teeth are ugly as fuck. They start body shaming they you. They do, dude. He's very mean about my looks. He's like, you got uh, You could have fixed that. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. like, we, we could. It cost you a million dollars. He's like, hey, if we clean up your lugs, your eyes will be brighter. Just saying. Yeah, he did a perspective before and after. It was my face in the before and Chris Evans' face in the after. And he's like, when you're done with us, yeah. that'll be it. Yeah, this is what you look like. Yeah. <laughs> and he slaps your butt when you leave. <laughs> yeah, he sexually harasses me, too. Like, when, I, when I lay down, he'll grab my chest and go honk honk. Yeah, yeah. And then he, like, slaps your butt. It's like, should have done that kind of cavity check. Hello. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, and then I'll be like, come on, man. He's like, come on, you like it. You like it. And then I, I don't. Oh, that's so rude, man. Yeah, I, I don't mean to go on record, but come on, Dr. Silverman. Dude, Dr. Silverman needs to chill, bro. He needs to calm the fuck he's down. A weird dentist. Oh, my God. No, I need to get a new. I haven't been to the dentist since fucking 2017. I think that's about right. I they <laughs> Dude, the, the lady who did my cleaning said I should be in there every four months. And I was like, no, I, I told her, I was no, like, no one actually does that. She's like, a lot of people do. But I'm on your, like, regimen. I go once every three to five years. I haven't years. been to... Your teeth look great, by the way. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, well, you have I, no I whiten them every six months, though. That's what I do. But I, do I the just crest do crest strips at home. Yeah. They I work great. Crest whitening strips. I don't... I try not to drink coffee or things. I'm that due for another tea. round. Oh, yeah, dude, get that. Hang on. I'm going to send you the link. Get the 21 levels. Yeah. I've Those. seen it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, get that one. It's intense. It's good. It's good. Yeah, you do it for like, shit. what, 20 day, uh, uh, 21 days or whatever? You're good, bro. Let's go. Yeah, man. Dude, I always get compliments on my teeth. Yeah, you got a nice smile. Yeah, it's my only redeeming quality. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm a huge piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, we all are. We all are.
<laughs> yeah, that's why I'm working on these push-ups and sit-ups and stuff. And arms, chest. Yeah, stay strong, man. Be ready. Actually, uh, Reem, she was the guest before you. She just told me about this app called Zero. It's for um, intermittent fasting. And she was, like, breaking it down for me. Like, she was like, what you should do is, like, uh, do a six-hour fast. And then I think it's six. It's 618. So six hours. You can only eat for six hours, and then you fast for 18 hours. Sure. So I'm going to try that. Sounds great. Like the window would, have you ever done like any intermittent fasting? I did or it dieting? for like a year straight, and I mean, I had a couple. I mean, I wasn't perfect, but I did it. It felt good. Nice. I did, and I would do. Uh, do you do you do fasting for like religious purposes? Yeah, I do Ramadan, but that's pretty much it. So I'll, I'll, I'm like, what's the longest you fast during that? Honestly, just sunrise to sunset, and usually the longest days were like a 16 hour day. But that's like no food, no not even water. And no that's water? In, that's intense. That's tough. Right. I've, I've, yeah, I've fasted for like a day and a half for like, just, just cause I was I, like the, my intermittent fast time was up, but I was like, I'm not hungry. Let's push this thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've done like, I don't know, like 36 hours before and it feels good. It's intense. I, I've had, um, what's his name? Uh, Samuel Bay. He was like, I've done a four day fast. Or a five-day fast or something. Just not eating. He would only drink water. That's, yeah, that's what I was doing. Sometimes you're not that hungry. If you, like, gorge yourself for, like, a day or two, you can go a day pretty easy. I don't know if I got... Uh, with a lot of that stuff, like, ice baths, too, like, I don't know what the medical benefits are. They always use, like, words I don't understand. Like, they'll be like, you know, like, with ice baths, like, it helps your brown fats. I'm like, I never even heard of Brown those. fats? Yeah. And then, I think, and and... <laughs> For me, it's just like anytime you do something that's tough, it's probably good for your spirit in some way. I don't know what all the actual medical benefits are. Oh, dude, like taking cold showers every morning. I'll do that know, sometimes too, or something like that. But I, I'm I'm never too rigid about any of it. I don't. I, I if I am stuck in the same like system behavior for too long, I start to go crazy. So I just do it kind of when I have the inspiration and the energy. But I, but I often do. So that I end up sense. doing it more often than not. I, I try to. Yeah, I'm pretty good like remaining disciplined and and working out and doing these certain practices it's like what helps me stay disciplined with other aspects like i'm like like if if i were to do that in the morning like a cold shower for example then i'm like okay i'm more reluctant to work out more reluctant to like film this sketch or write a sketch or do this i mean i love i love sketch comedy if that was like my thing i would do that and stand up but like then it's like the things that you have to do they like what we were just talking about earlier of like having to like send emails and just do like, you know, pitching yourself to like the people in suits and all like, yeah. or like for me, what I've been, uh, and if you have an advice about it, I would love to hear it is like, I'm trying to get better at like asking things. Cause no, I'm, I'm horrible at that. Dude. I'm, me too. Like it's, it's soul crushing for me. I'm so like, I'm so anti, like I would do it. I would do it myself until they have to recognize and ask me. Yeah. But it's like a lot of times it's like, especially in LA or just, it's so concentrated. You're like, dude, you have to ask. Yeah. And I, I just, it's like a dating a little bit where like the more you chase someone, the more they run away from you. You know, like if you're messaging a girl all the time, it's, I don't think that's going to really turn her on. So I worry I bring that same psychology to work stuff sometimes where I'm like, look, I already bugged this person once. If I keep bugging them, I'm going to come across as desperate. Or and they're not, Yeah, and they're not going to see me as feeling like I have value in myself. So I, 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 I'm, I'm bad at that stuff. Yeah, the only time I'm, like, better at, like, reaching out is I'll send an email. So I do – it's like a 3-2-1 rule. So I'll send an email to a comedy club that I've never done because, like, you have to ask. So I'll send an email um, – uh, to a comedy club for, or a night. And then after three weeks, I'll send another email. And then after two weeks, I'll send another email. And after one week, I'll send another email. That sounds like and a then, good system. And that's it. If they respond, they respond. Maybe if I know someone who knows the manager or the booker, they'll give them a little nudge. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I mean, you got to do what you got. I mean, I'm, I like went from like, you know, an accountant to an entry level headliner. <laughs> so, well, yeah, It's like, tough in comedy too, where people are also like, it's probably true in any industry, but like where people are like your friends and then you don't want, I don't want friends to think I think they're like a, like a tool for me. Yeah. You know? So like I try to keep in mind like the ratio of like what I'm asking this person. Like if it's someone who's like kind of a buddy, but my last four text messages to them have been like 
work related and like, can you help me with this? Can you do this thing at this time? I'm like, I, cause I do that to people. If they ask me for stuff, but we're not really like having much buddy time, I guess I start to think of them. I'm like, Oh, well, that's person. That's a person who wants something for me. That's not a person who wants to just spend time with me. Right. Be my and, friend. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, and yeah, I try to like look at everyone like they're my buddies. So that can be kind of challenging for me because I'm like, well, I, don't, I want them to think I'm their friend first. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm the same way. Not like they're, uh, not like I'm just uh, trying to progress in a my networker. All the time that's like, like yeah, 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 and like you're my uh, what was it, my booster, like a launching, yeah, like point. a trampoline for me. And then I, and then when after I bounce off you, I bounce off the next person. I'm just bouncing, trying to go higher and higher. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've I've had that moment too. Like my friend. Um, I don't want to say his name, but my friend, he literally just cuts a, another friend of ours off because he's like, he never hits me. He never starts a message with, hi, how are you or how you been? It's more like, hey, do you know any guy that could like help me with this yeah. thing? And I was like, yeah, like he comes That's off draining. as a networker. What's a good piece of advice you were given? Who told it to you? And where were you in your life when you were given that piece of advice? So I've been thinking about this one a lot. Um, I, I do love like inspirational quotes. I love advice. Generally, for me, doesn't come from a person. It, it's like something I read or, or hear in a movie. Those ones tend to stick with me longer and uh, help me more. But, like, I, I, I haven't found a piece of advice that works for everything, and it doesn't work all the time because you change as a person. Your problems change, so I need new advice. But the one that I do feel like does that the most for me is from this movie Gattaca uh, that I think Andrew Nichol directed. It's a movie with Ethan Hawke and Jude Law. And basically it's this like future world where they like socially engineer your babies or like designer babies. And Ethan Hawke's like the last of the natural babies and he's born with all these ailments. So whatever you're born like genetically, that dictates your future. So they're like, oh, you're kind of like an invalid. So you're going to be like a janitor. And then his brother comes out like designer baby super stud and they're like, you can be whatever you want. You just got all the right mix of stuff. But then Ethan Hawke's like, fuck that. I want to be an astronaut, which is like the toughest gig to get. So he ends up, pretending to be another person so that he can sneak into like NASA and become an astronaut. And it's the whole movie's like, is he going to get away with it? Or are they going to find out he's like genetically not up to snuff and he's, 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 he's making it like he's able to do the physical things they thought he couldn't. And he's able to do the mental stuff they thought he couldn't. And he's, he's competently faking out all these people. And his brother's like hot on his trail too, like trying to uh, like, I don't know, get him caught or something. And they do this competition, him and his brother, where they swim out into the ocean and they see who will swim farther. And it's called like chicken. And they, they, at the end of the movie, they're like, I'm sorry, I'm spoiling it. They're swimming way the fuck out there. And his genetically superior brother's like, dude, we can't even see the shore. Like we got to turn back. And Ethan Hawke's like, no. And he keeps swimming, he keeps swimming. And he's dusting his brother. Shouldn't it be possible? And then his brother's like, how are you doing this? How are you doing any of this? And then Ethan Hawke turns and he's like, I never save anything for the swim back. And that, I really, I think that is very useful and empowering advice. Like just fucking, you only get one life, just empty the tank, which is another phrase I like that John Stewart used to describe Bruce Springsteen, that he always empties the tank. Like just everything you have, good, bad, ugly, just get it out, put it all out at maximum velocity and just go until you can't go anymore. Oh, that's, Bro, this hand that is hands on one of the best pieces of advice on the show. No, like, get out of here. Dude, I'm promising you, this uh, that's a really good one. <laughs> cool. Well, it is because you like described the movie and I'm like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> like now I'm like I'm like motivated. Now I want to get up and do push ups. Yeah, that's the go. kind of advice I like where you hear it and you want to stand up and be like, All right, let's get to let's get <laughs> let's, to living. Let's yeah, go. Like, let's do this. What have bro. I been nervous about? What have I been embarrassed about? What have I been afraid of? I got no time for that. Let's just fucking do the Yeah, thing. let's just and get it, get to swimming. And whatever happens, it's going to happen no matter what. But I'd rather have stuff happening because I'm doing stuff than stuff's just happening to me. Oh, so. my God. No, I'm I'm legit motivated. I'm fucking amped Good, up. Good, let's go. It's like, I, I feel like I just saw Tom Cruise, like, just swing through some buildings for the first time. Like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay, dude. good, good, good. Dude, awesome. Well, okay, well, tell the breadheads and breadcrumbs where they can find you, man. Okay, I'm on JTPAR14 on uh, Instagram. Uh, we've got a couple more tour dates left. Uh, we'll be in Appleton, Wisconsin this coming Friday and Saturday. And then the remainder of our tour dates are at chatandjt.com. Come out to the live stand-up shows. They're a lot of fun. And then we have a YouTube channel, Chad and JT Go Deep. And uh, yeah, that's about yeah, it. And then our podcast, Going Deep with Chad and JT. Sorry, I know it's a lot of 
similarly titled stuff. So <laughs> yeah, just put Chad and JT and you'll find everything. Yeah, you can sift through that. Uh, they also have a great show at the Hollywood Improv for the LA folks out there. They have a monthly show. It's wonderful. It's always fun to Thank watch. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, I'm actually going to have Chad on it on here. Soon. Oh, let's go. He'll be great. He's yeah. really good with advice stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, he. what I like about him is, like, uh, I saw him, uh, well, Tom, but anyways, I saw him and he was like, hey, man, I took your, I gave him some advice on, like, Delta Sky Miles points. And he just took it and ran with it. And that's, like, one of my favorites when they, like, just do... Yeah, he doesn't hesitate. If you tell him something and it will work, he'll do it. Yeah, and it's been working great for him. Like, he showed me his, like, Sky Miles where he has all these points. I'm like, my fucking boy, dude. Let's go. It made me so... He's, like, surpassed me in how much Delta Miles he has. No, he's a quick learner. I love it. Well, anyways, and also you can follow me at Ahmed Loves Bread. Uh, I will be uh, in... Austin, July 13th to 14th. Dallas, July 21st, 22nd. And I'll be in Europe, August 10th, London. August 13th, Copenhagen. August 20th, Amsterdam. This has been your awesome uh, week's uh, guest, JT Parr. And I'm your host, Ahmed Al-Khadri. Thank you so much, and have a happy Monday.